So what is it about the Canadian government that they don't want a foreign intelligence service? Hi, this is Phil Gursky, President and CEO of Borealis Threat Risk Consulting in Russell, Canada, and you're listening to Quick Hits. I've got my spy glasses on, which I don't do all the time, so you know I'm going to talk about some pretty secret stuff, uh, although I do have my reading glasses on behind them, which is kind of tacky. Uh, what do you expect for a 60-year-old? Anywho, I came across a fascinating piece in the CBC about a week ago, CBC being a Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, kind of the pan-Canadian news network, I guess you call it. And it said, and I quote, A court has put the brakes on a Canadian security intelligence service request to collect foreign information ruling that a proposed technique would stray beyond the spy service's legal mandate. The service was seeking court warrants so it could gather intelligence in other countries from a location inside Canada at the request of an unnamed federal minister. So, in other words, uh, this judge decided that Canada doesn't need a foreign intelligence service. Now, let me unpack this for you a little bit. So CSIS, the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, where I toiled for 15 years, is, as the name suggests, a security intelligence service, which means it focuses on threats to national security like foreign espionage, foreign interference, and and terrorism, which is what I worked on. What a lot of people don't know is that CSIS does have a foreign intelligence mandate. It's called Section 16 referring to the part of the act that describes it. And Section 16 basically states that the service can collect foreign intelligence, which is their intents and capabilities of foreign states, to better inform Canadian decision makers. But that collection has to take place within Canada. Now, am I the only person on the planet that sees it as odd that a government has decided to constrain a foreign intelligence capability by making it collect the information inside its own country? Isn't foreign mean outside of your country? There's so much here that makes me bemused uh, after all these years, but a a bit of background first. Before I joined CSIS, I worked for Communications Security Establishment, or CSE, which is Canada's Signals Intelligence Organization. I was there from 1983 to 2001 when I went over to CSIS. In those 17 and a half years, all I did was foreign intelligence. CSC had a foreign intelligence mandate, meaning it could collect signals, vacuum up the ether to collect information that would better inform Canadian officials on the intents and capabilities of foreign states. Now, we were very careful at the time not to vacuum up Canadian information because that you need a warrant for that. But CSC performed its foreign intelligence mandate very, very well. Thank you very much. Now, it has since, since 9-11, it has also adopted a security intelligence mandate, which we did not have, at least not robustly when I worked there, but it's still largely a foreign intelligence organization. So when CSIS was created back in 1984 out of the vestiges of the old RCMP security service, the powers that be decided that, yeah, we'll give them a foreign security, uh, foreign intelligence mandate rather, but we're going to put so many shackles on it that it is for all intents and purposes next to useless. There are some good things it does, but what other country in the West doesn't have a foreign intelligence service? Let's go down the list, shall we? The Americans have the CIA. The Brits have MI6, or the British Secret Intelligence Service. The Australians have ASIS, the Australian Secret Intelligence Service. 
The Kiwis, the New Zealanders, to round out the five eyes, have the New Zealand Security Intelligence Service, which has a foreign security, or rather foreign intelligence mandate. The Danes in Denmark have a service. DSIS, the Germans have one. The BND, the French have one. Everybody has a foreign intelligence service, except for Canada. Does this not kind of strike you as a, a little bit odd? Why, why would a country put these kinds of handcuffs on the ability of its intelligence agencies to gather information that is useful to the people that run our country? I don't, I don't get it. Now, of course, the argument has long been that if you were to have CSIS somehow wear two hats, which, by the way, the New Zealand service does, that it would complicate matters. And I think probably that, you know, the grand poobahs that made the decisions back in the early 80s when CSIS was created saw what were viewed as shortcomings in the old RCMP security service, which led to the creation of CSIS. And they thought, well, if we give these guys too much power, it might all go south again. We might end up in the same situation whereby we have to create yet another agency down the road. Others have argued that the Foreign Affairs, which in my time has had a bazillion different names, but is now called Global Affairs Canada, at least to the best of my knowledge, unless it changed this morning, they are your foreign intelligence service, meaning that diplomats abroad can gather information that, again, uh, better inform officials back in Ottawa as to how to con conduct Canada's foreign relations. But at the same, and there's no doubt that foreign diplomats do gather information absolutely on the cocktail circuit, in their meetings with local officials, etc., etc. But do you really want your foreign ministry to be your primary intelligence agency? That might run you into problems down the road where diplomats are assumed not to be diplomats, but to be spies. And in some countries, those people end up getting PNG'd, i.e. declared persona non grata and expelled, or they get arrested for committing espionage on foreign soil. So I'm not so sure you want your foreign ministry to be your primary gatherer of foreign intelligence. Do you create a new agency? You could. But as I outlined in my new book, The Peaceable Kingdom, which I'll give you more details about in, at the end of the podcast, creating a new agency is, hardly, is largely problematic because it takes a long time for the agency to find its feet. And that's exactly what happened in Canada when CSIS was created out of the ashes of the security service when it came to the Air India investigation back in 84 and 85, which led to the deaths of 329 people in the largest act of aviation terrorism in history prior to 9-11, planned and executed here in Canada. So starting out from scratch is, is not a great idea. So therefore, what, what could be done, one option is to use the existing legislation, the CSIS Act, which is now almost 40 years old, and to simply remove the clause within Canada from Section 16 of the Act, meaning that CSIS is not constrained in collecting foreign intelligence only within Canadian borders. Because when it comes to security intelligence, there are no constraints. CSIS can go to the, go, go to the far moons of Pluto and back to collect, collect security intelligence. There is absolutely no barriers, no fences. There are no binds on what CSIS can do to help keep Canadians safe. So why should there be binds on what CSIS does to help keep Canadians informed on foreign intelligence? Now, of course, the argument goes is that if you create a foreign intelligence service, uh, you piss off your allies. You people that, you know, you're spying on the same people you consider as friends. Uh, it happens all the time, by the way. It's, been, it's happened since the beginning of time. But we Canadians seem to think that's a no-no. 
and we have such a, a cherished reputation internationally that we don't want that reputation to be harmed. Secondly, and this is a valid point, where were the resources come from? Uh, CSIS is running flat out, I imagine, right now on security intelligence investigations, be they foreign interference, foreign espionage, or terrorism. And I'm not sure where you'd find the women and men to actually gather foreign intelligence. You have to increase uh, uh, representation abroad. You have to find good cover stories for people to actually do this kind of thing. So there are lots of questions, absolutely, in in, in creating a, a foreign intelligence capability outside of Canada. But it seems to me that in the 21st century, any nation that doesn't, doesn't have one is not looking out, out for its own interests. So my humble advice to the courts and to the Canadian government is give some serious thought to this again. Give some serious thought to removing within Canada from the legislation. I mean, legislation is altered all the time in this country. This is not kind of rocket science. And give some serious thought to the resources required to have CSIS have a dual mandate, like many other services do around the world. Anyhow, that's what I think. I want to recognize the Vancouver Canucks. This is the classic Vancouver Canuck jersey from 1970 when they became an NHL team. And as usual, we're going to end the podcast with your Hardy Boys little bit of wisdom. This comes from the Jungle Pyramid. In a mystery, everyone's a suspect, even the person that hired you to investigate. Oh boy, that's pretty profound. I've seen a few mysteries on TV where the person that hires you is actually the bad guy, so... Bang on, Hardy Boys. Everyone's a suspect. Anyhow, I'd love to hear what you think about this podcast, about this notion of a foreign intelligence service for Canada. You can reach me on email, borealisfresh at gmail.com, or on Twitter at borealisaves. You can also find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. If you like this content, want to get more, go to the website, borealisfresh.com, hit the subscribe button, provide your email address. You get a free daily digest of all the podcasts, all the blogs, everything that I do into your inbox first thing in the morning. I also want to point out that there's a link on the webpage to my new book, The Peaceable Kingdom, A History of Terrorism in Canada from Confederation to the Present. It's only $25 Canadian, plus shipping and handling, so $5 within the country, $15 abroad. It's it's one of a kind, if I may say so. We haven't had a book in this country written from the perspective of those men and women who actually worked in counterterrorism from the 1960s until the present day. They tell stories, they give me their views on what it was like to do counterterrorism at the coalface, trying to keep Canadians safe. So go to the website, click on the link, reserve yourself a copy. They're going fast. There's already The second print run's already running out. And I think you'll enjoy it. Anyhow, love to hear your feedback. I'll talk to you soon. Until then, stay safe.